that I know that it's here, I feel like I have to find the right. Oh no, no, he he wants to put on the show now that I hit the record button. Ugh. Hey everyone, we're back. Part two here with Steta. Very excited. Some some interesting things coming up on the part one. Um, <clears throat> but we do feel like we wanted to get a little bit more of some background knowledge of Steta and and uh, who he is. And um, as Joey said, it just a bit of a nicer conversation and talking through some good things. Um, so before we could jump back into the weeds and all the things, um, Steta, I, one of the things that I'm interested in is uh, radical honesty. We didn't get a chance to get into this with uh, Christina, um, just kind of briefly, but I'd be curious to hear how you would summarize the ideology and uh, what it is and maybe how to be a practitioner of radical honesty. Yeah. Um, good question. And there's, I'm already noticing that I want to do a good job at explaining this because it's quite a substantial influence on my life. So I want to convey the full extent and the most perfect version of uh, of the, the thoughts of radical honesty <laughs> that there is. Um, yeah, like I read the book. I'm, I'm just gonna go do a little bit of my own, how I got into contact with it and mm -hmm. hopefully explain some of the details along the way, hopefully. Um, like uh, there's a book called Radical Honesty uh, and it's written by Brad Blanton, an American psych psychologist, psychotherapist, um, and he is about 84 by now, so it was written a, written a while ago, uh, and it's still, the book is still on so many lists of um, influential books to read, kind of, I've, I've seen it kind of pop up again, 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 again. Uh, so I thought I'd give it a, give it a shot, and it really resonated with me, and I think it was maybe a year and three months ago. Um, oh, so fairly, fairly recent in your journey. Fairly recent, yeah, for yeah. sure, for mm -hmm. sure. Um, and yeah, along the way, along while reading the book, uh, I noticed some some parts that really resonated with me, and I'm like, oh well, this is something. For instance, I'm I'm really bad at. And this is like a core thing, a core practice of radical honesty. So just by the merit of that thing, it would be great to do more of it. And along the way, I found more and more of those things like, oh, this is also really valuable. Oh, this is also really valuable. Hmm. So by the end of the book, I'm like, yeah, this is, um, this is great. Um, but how do I actually, I felt like an, like an island because it's like, the it's a it's a it's a thing you need to practice like it it, it is properly a practice mm. um so it felt very i felt very far from actually applying I, i'm quite familiar with applying things i learned but in this case it felt i'm like how do i how do i even start with this and it turns out there are a bunch of uh, workshops actually Hmm. It turns out there are more people that had the same predicament than they started some workshops. Um, I attended those, and yeah, I went 
pretty deep into that. Um, like a weekend workshop and another weekend workshop and like spend three days together with a group of people and try try radical honesty. And then finally, with a, I've been kind of <laughs> not not saying what it actually is and kind of postponing and postponing and postponing. Uh, but finally, Please. we are here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, it's the it's one of the core ideas is that you express your thoughts and emotions in the moment they are actually happening, and don't hold back. And not because it's of some kind of moral imperative that you should be doing this. No, it is actually for your own sake. Hmm. Uh, because I think radical honesty shows quite neatly that not doing that is a, a prime source of many of our sufferings, both personal and kind of social suffering. So that's where the, the honesty part comes in because expressing their thoughts and emotions well many people expect to express their thoughts and emotions true but they also withhold a lot of them and a lot of big ones and a lot of relevant ones to the other person um, and the idea is if you do that and withhold them then it's basically I think there's like a Buddhist proverb is like uh uh, hating someone is drinking poison and hoping for the other person to die. Hmm. And that's pretty much how radical honesty sees the, the withholding. Like you are sitting on your resentments towards someone else and it's clouding and influencing your relationship in the broader sense with the person. It, hmm. it, it basically becomes a lens through which you see the other person. And there's more and more distance between you and the other person. Um, yeah, I think that's one of the core core things. And one of the things that kind of set me off is like, I'm historically, I've been really bad at talking about myself. Uh, like I can have any conversation with any person, but I will rarely, yeah, kind of, feel the need or get get the idea of to talk about something about myself or about my life hmm. uh, and that used to be worse so it's getting better um but this is very close to to the radical honesty like uh, the, the withholding thing um uh, it means you you don't show yourself you're not vulnerable people don't really know who you are uh and and on the uh, and on the flip side you are also not properly expressing what's going on for you mm. and and in regards to the other person so yeah mm. yeah yeah it ticks a lot of boxes for me and i'm i'm definitely not the most um perfect practitioner i i i like kind of talking off the cuff and um there's a lot of language involved in radical honesty and a change of language to make sure um to to keep it to keep it real and to keep it factual and i'm the language is kind of cumbersome um so if you're i'm not a perfect practitioner in that sense hmm. 
I'm, 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 I'm hoping for some questions actually, because I'm curious how well of a job I did uh, explaining this. Like, I, are, are you kind of following what's going on? Um, yeah, I, what I've heard you say is that radical honesty is about being radically <laughs> honest. <laughs> Good point. Next. All right. Good. 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 Just wrap up. Next. Uh, <laughs> no, but oh, your, your explanation there of uh, expressing thoughts mm -hmm. and emotions when they happen, as opposed mm -hmm. to the self-censorship that we can so easily fall into. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah. And yeah. what I'm wondering in that is, do you ever have that moment that you're like, I'm going to now be radical, honest with someone, uh, mm. express my feelings and my thoughts in this moment, but that you also, do you still feel that need to hold back? Because there can be moments that I can be radical, honest, and when I'm radically honest, ooh, that's a moment that most people are like, I'm going to step back from this guy forever because he just <laughs> insulted my whole life. <laughs> do, you always, do you still have that moment that you're like, oh, I don't, I want to say this, but I shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. There's, there's two things actually. Like, um, yeah, all the, I mean, um, all the time. Like, um, it's either it can be something embarrassing, either embarrassing to the other person or to me. It can be. Can be that I'm angry and I don't like don't like to be angry, uh, or I can worry that the other person will be angry, and then I definitely feel like definitely holding back for sure. That's that's always there, and the whole reason why just reading the book doesn't work is you need or doesn't work doesn't work for me uh, is you need actual practice to go through those barriers and see that nothing like the world doesn't explode um I, i've survived many uncomfortable situations and it kind of is a muscle you build as well um and and the other thing is another core part of radical honesty is to keep it personal and personal to me in the sense like um and I, I, this kind of set me off by saying insulting someone's life. Like the radical honesty practitioners are very adamant about the following, meaning that the thing they resent about someone else or their life or their choices or whatever they said, it's about me. Hmm. I, I'm making myself angry about this. And I have a story that it means this and this and this and this. Hmm. And I've just used through two or three key phrasings in the, because the language is kind of odd. Hmm. Um, usually people don't say, I make myself angry, but the radical, that's the radical honesty language. If you really get down to it, there is a large component that's actually true. And it's very easy to say, you make me angry or mm. I am angry and like mm. making it some kind of thing that happens in, in the world out there, mm. but to take radical responsibility for your own emotions. And, um, and then the situation like you described, Joey, like insulting someone else, it, it, it doesn't become insulting someone. Someone can still be insulted. That, that's a different case, but it's not like, um, for instance, I can say to you, Joey, like, um, 
I make myself angry about what you just said. I, I'm not for real, but I make myself angry about what you just said. And I have a story that you are disrespectful to me. And then making it very clear that this is my story about the real event that just happened. I don't know what went down in your head. I don't know what you actually meant. I'm making an educated guess all the time, but I still should take responsibility for the fact that I don't know for sure um, what it is that you actually mean. And in my practice and in all the workshops, every fucking time it turns out someone meant something completely different and it's all every time it is a trigger that i have and it's totally not what they meant and even if they meant it i can still choose to not be affected by it and if i am affected by it it is something i that i do to myself so yeah yeah i'm very glad you asked this question because these are I, um, I think I, I kind of, these two major islands of major tenets of radical honesty, I think we've now discussed like the, the, um, the radical responsibility and, uh, and uh, expressing what you want and expressing what's going on for you. Hmm. Yeah, because yeah, it's, it's been a very interesting uh, personal discussion within my friend group is because there's certain moments that people are like, I want... I that people come to me to let's not call it complaining but to talk about another friend and that I specifically uh, tell them to talk with that friend about it like hey I noticed that you are having this problem it's irritating you and yeah. therefore you're venting towards me yeah. but you're talking but you need to talk to your friend the radical but, honesty practitioners would be totally on board with it. Like uh, gossiping and like this complaining is a very clear signal that there's something bothering there. Yeah, but mm. the, the the counterpoint that she gives is that sometimes a friendship is worth more than being that type of honest. And it's, it's, it's very interesting because um, at one side I'm like, yes, because I recognize those moments as well, because sometimes it's an irritation that I have about something that is something that hits me, but not them personally, even mm -hmm. though she puts it on me. Mm -hmm. But at other times, like this specific example, yeah, you should totally talk with your friend because if you look online, it's technically some sort of a toxic behavior sometimes. <laughs> And even if it's not, um, but yeah, it, it's interesting. Like this phrasing, like uh, uh, my my friendship is worth more, or is worth a lot, or my relationship is worth a lot, and I don't want to uh, damage it. This is making a huge, huge assumption that this talk will blow up and do irreparable damage. And in fact, the opposite is usually true. Hmm in so many, both in the conversations I've had with directly with radical honest people and the, and my own friends who I've talked to, uh, but also like the stories that other people tell, for instance, a conversation they had with their parents that they knew for sure would blow up and go straight out the window. And 
do irreparable damage and they were sure they would basically, they were already prepared to never talk to their parents again. And it totally didn't happen. It totally didn't happen. Hmm. And this happens again and again and again. And when we make major assumptions and untested assumptions about how other people will, will react. And we basically don't even give them the chance to react. We're stealing away their agency by already deciding for them hmm. that they are too angry or too whatever to handle it. Hmm. We're, we're even doing them a disservice to, yeah, to not even to not even give them the chance to have their real reaction and already making up a story how it will be. Oh man, I feel called out because <laughs> I, I, because I am totally the same uh, when it comes to certain topics and certain conversations. Like mm. I'm, I'm a hundred percent sure that someone is doing something because of a certain reason, and instead of talking towards this person, like, "Hey, can we fix this? Or can we do something about this? Or mm. what is the actual reason?" I'm like, "I'm, I'm just gonna let it go, just, mm. <laughs> just don't talk about it, even though it's bothering me." Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, I, I, I totally recognize that. This mm. is super common. Like you are in the vast, vast majority, and I'm, and I'm no different. I'm not now some, some perfect Buddhist monk, radical honesty, Zen master or some shit. And hell no, 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 no. Uh, I'm, I'm also part of the majority, but it's good to be aware that it happens. And the practice is to break that cycle, basically, and give you countless counter examples of, of that not happening and actually deepening a relationship and for sure it will be not smooth it won't be smooth sailing from the get-go there will be emotions there will be anger in some cases but you also express this anger and that's how you get over your anger and not by taking the poison yourself and shooting shooting it back at yourself or at your spouse how how stereotypical is the conversation being angry at work and coming home angry taking it out on your significant other and or your your son or your children or and it, it's it's almost too stereotypical but it mm. happens a lot mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah dang that's good yeah i can totally relate oh man I've heard it said that like anger is a secondary emotion mm. and underly underneath it is the thing that needs to be addressed. And for me, um, it's embarrassment. If I feel embarrassed, uh, yeah. I, I want to protect myself mm -hmm. and I use anger, mm -hmm. um, not consciously, but it's just, it's just, it's what happens. And yeah. Yeah. So I've really, especially with, yeah, Brianna, my spouse, like, um, it, and it's really humbling, but coming to that moment where it's like, I'm, I'm feeling embarrassed. Like I, I'm, that's why I'm having this reaction. I'm, yeah. uh, when you said this, it made, it made me feel this way. And did you, did you mean it that way? Or, um, or even just acknowledging, I think I misunderstood what you, yeah. what you intended there and, and it, and it clicked into my story. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, yeah, we were we're we're filled to the brim with these kinds of um, defense mechanisms and like automated kind of oh you make me feel like this so I will either strike back or be 
the opposite, like clam down and be passive aggressive. We're mm-hmm. we're filled to the brim with this kind of mechanics. Um, yeah, and this is a, a great way to kind of bring um, bring it into the open, and that's another core tenant of, of radical honesty, bring it all into the open. No, no matter how ugly or weird or whatever, bring it into the open and you'll see it kind of already gets kind of tuned down. Mm. Like if I'm embarrassed and I say I'm embarrassed, if I'm afraid and I actually say that I'm afraid, it already at least takes the edge on mm. for sure. And it makes me, and it has like a whole host of added benefits of making me seem more human to the other person and um yeah it's it's only good stuff if if you bring things into the open and i'm i'm pretty much historically i've been pretty much the opposite like i've been told i'm very hard to read i'm not very uh, i can be a bit uh, my face tends to be pretty serious at the best of days uh, and um and i'm and when i'm and I mentioned when I'm uh, either angry, it gets even more serious, or a little bit embarrassed, it gets even more serious. So, yeah, it's um, for me, it's been great to bring all kinds of things into the open um, and help help them take the edge off for sure. I feel like that's a Dutch thing, also. We have stern faces, like stone cold, stone cold, bit, like maybe, yeah. we're, we're going for it. Like, mm. <laughs> I'm angry all the time. <laughs> No, yes. but I I, rec- I recognize that as well uh, in previous conversations. Like, once a thought is so strong that you're like a hundred percent sure that someone's gonna react that way, you will not bring it up. Like a conversation we had with Douglas about his sexuality. Like, there's some point in the conversation that you're a hundred percent sure because it has proven before that it happens that way. And I uh, recognize that for myself as well. Is that I. I'm avoiding a very hard conversation with a friend because I am 100% sure that it will explode if I bring it up because the moment you, because you've seen with this, because I've seen with this friend that it happened uh, before that it exploded and now I'm holding back. So I feel like there's still, uh, there will always be a human part in there that people will hold back for a specific reason. Yeah, for sure. And, And you don't know the future. I don't know the future. It might be different this time. It might be the same. Uh, but you should give someone, you should at least give them the chance and not already decide for them, I would say. Yeah, and Joey probably good even goes back to what you were talking about initially with the, um, you said something like the moments where you're radically honest, it comes out forci- forcibly or people have like, oh, don't want this reaction or something. But part of me wonders if the bottling and that reaction are linked, like the, the holding mm. back creates more forcible. I, would, I wouldn't necessarily say that it's forcible. It's more that I have no natural filter. So if, if something pops in my mind, there's a high probability it pops out. Uh, even if, if I'm by myself, I talk to myself a hundred times over. I never shut up, which is a problem. No, uh, awesome. but, I love that. But at the same time, like, um, so an example I gave in the episode with Douglas's episode as well is that I call someone gay that wasn't gay, which is very offensive. The people don't like that. Um, so I learned how to control those thoughts. But uh, 
yeah, it definitely bottles up if you bottle something up. But I don't try to offend people. It's not in my nature, but it happens. <laughs> um, I noticed that when talking to both Stere and with you, Scott, is that I try to uh, watch my language a little bit better. Because I am a sailor when it comes to my mouth. I I talk so much swear words within a minute that sometimes even God's like, hey, okay, can you calm down? <laughs> Just a finger comes down from the sky like, no, no, you should stop this. <laughs> but um, it makes it very interesting because I become a filtered version of myself uh, e- um, even though I don't really necessarily want to. And with Radic Honesty, you try to... What I gather is to try to avoid that a little bit, or totally, like totally jump in and be the unfiltered version of yourself by not holding back anything. I I really do like that, but yeah. at the well, same time, what I'm with saying the big, is with the big add-on, while also taking responsibility, you can't just be going around kicking and screaming without saying, "Oh, this is actually me kicking and screaming." because of these and these reasons, you do still need to take full responsibility without filtering yourself. It's a, it's a, it's an interesting balance. And uh, it's a tricky one for sure. Yeah. yeah and made it very interesting these couple of months, uh, especially during the Corona times, how to deal with that, because the only option you have right now is to retext or do a video call like this, but uh, retext through either WhatsApp or Facebook messages or whatever. And, interpret that your way you don't you can't see facial expressions you do not know how the person on the other side is actually feeling until you either give him a call or ask about it so in a sense everyone has been practicing radical honesty in a bit (laughs) because they they have to anticipate the other people's feelings and their own feelings a lot more yeah i mean that's a great analogy everybody's familiar with how dumped down and kind of mechanic and unemotional text is uh, and how you how much filling in you have to do everybody's aware of this this discrepancy uh, and the radical honesty people would point to the fact that there's another layer there's there's the extra layer the normal layer also has this same mechanic where it goes from the head of the one person through reading of expressions for the other person. That's another layer of where there's interference. And we don't take into account that interference. And the radical honesty people try to account for that interference, to know to know that it, that, that interference is there and to be very careful in making assumptions based on potential interference. Yeah. yeah. So, sorry, I'm I'm laughing because this is literally my class right now. I'm doing communications, literally the class communications, and it's all about sending messages and, and static, what, why some people interpreted things differently. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah, kind yeah, of funny yeah. that we're talking about this. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's just a vastly important um, topic and practice. The glimpses I've gotten from lingo that maybe Christina's used or used to have used has really been fascinating. Things like... Um, I appreciate you for mm. fill in the blank. Yeah. Uh, I find my, or I make myself yeah. or, or I find myself feeling um, probably more make. Uh, and then uh, just 
Christina within our improv group had this beautiful moment of honesty where she just was talking about kind of self-consciousness and put it out to the group. And like, it just allowed everyone's space to then also process the fear they were having or the jealousy that they were experiencing. And it's like, this is super important. And it takes that one person going first, yeah. but not in like a, you guys are making me feel like I'm not, um, you know, included, but she, she just, it was the responsibility. She's like, I'm having these feelings and Mm -hmm. I want to express it to you guys. And oh man, I just like, that's so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's another reason why conversations don't nearly as often explode as you think because exactly, because of exactly this mechanic, it's very disarming and very human to see someone make the first step in being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And it just invites more vulnerability. And all the things we imagine, all the scenarios we think that how it might explode are kind of disarmed by by doing, literally disarmed by doing that. Mm -hmm. And that's a very powerful, powerful way. So then I wonder, um, one of the things that we had talked about is some thoughts you'd had on previous episodes or um so i don't i don't know if this could be like a feedback slash practicum <laughs> on radical honesty but um i do want to hear your your feedback and i'm also kind of curious like how would you either deliver it from a radical honesty perspective or how would you uh encourage us to receive it from a, a radical honesty perspective mm. there might be too yeah. many layers on layers but yeah fair enough um yeah, I think some of the things, um, yeah, some of my pet peeves I've discussed in the the previous in the previous one episode. Yeah, in the previous episode, were were for sure had to do with the the um, the things that triggered me in the in the in the previous episodes that were definitely based on that and um, the. And and that's that's not so much of um, uh, feedback on the on the episode on the on the podcast itself, but it's much more like things that trigger me. And um, yeah, I have this thing where I want consistency. I want reasoning to be consistent, and I I have a story that I have a great radar to single this out and I I can't stand inconsistency in reasoning I think uh, and I don't like to be I don't like to be inconsistent myself and I project on others that they they should want to be consistent and theoretically sound and, and all that that stuff um, so many of those those pet peeves that kind of stemmed stemmed, stemmed from that 